Hello everybody and welcome back to the Exeter University Podcast Society feed. I'm this year's president, Tia, and as this is the first episode going up this year, I just wanted to mention a few things first. This episode is made in collaboration for the Exeter Business School Global Fair on the 13th of October. The point of this is to celebrate cultural diversity at Exeter, and also to show our support for the diverse community of staff and students around us. There are going to be loads of workshops, entertainment, films and speakers, so it's definitely worth checking out. Podcasts are going to have a stall, so feel free to stop by and say hi. This is an interview with Jim Price and Ben Hudson, who are keynote speakers on the University Sanctuary team. They'll be giving a presentation on the day with sanctuary scholars discussing their experience of asylum seekers and refugees in higher education. We cover some of the bases in this episode, but do go and check them out. I'll provide a link to register for their event in the description. It's really important stuff and we should all do our bit to be aware. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. My name is Tia. I am joined by some guests in anticipation for the Global Fair next week. Um, If you guys wouldn't mind introducing yourselves. Thanks very much, Tia. Yeah, so um, my name is Ben Hudson and I'm a lecturer in law here at the University of Exeter. My name is Jim Price. I'm the head of student immigration services at the university, but I also manage the university's sanctuary scholarship scheme and I I chair the university's uh, University of Sanctuary Working Group, which is a bit of a mouthful. That's Fantastic. Well, I'm very excited to talk to you both today. Um, thank you for joining me and being on our podcast. Am I correct in thinking that you two are going to be giving a speech at the Global Fair? That's right. Yeah. I mean, Ben and I are going to talk at the end and we're also going to be joined by one of our current sanctuary scholars. So I think you know, the theme we've been asked to talk on is, is around sanctuary and the idea of people seeking sanctuary in the UK and, and at the, you know, more specifically at the university. So, so Ben and I are going to be sort of delivering uh, part of that presentation. Then we're going to hand over to to someone who's actually studying in the business school uh, and has come to the UK as a sanctuary seeker and someone who receives uh, a sanctuary scholarship. So we're going to to really put properly into into focus the things that Ben and I are talking about, both kind of from a university level and and a national level. Yeah, you mentioned about the sanctuary scholarship earlier. Would you mind elaborating on just what exactly that is? Sure. I mean, the Sanctuary Scholarship itself was set up in 2017. And so basically, it's a scheme which supports people who've come to the UK seeking asylum to be able to come and study at the university. And the way it does that is through um, a fee waiver. So these individuals are not asked to pay tuition fees and through living costs so that they have money to pay their rent, food, travel, all of course, all the other stuff that you need to live. The important point, I guess, here is that many of these individuals are not able to access any kind of student funding and actually might also be classed as international for fee purposes. So the financial obstacles to many sanctuary seekers to coming into higher education are pretty severe. So the scholarship is a direct way of enabling some sanctuary seekers to come and study at the university. We've had 24 to date, I think. We tend to offer at least three scholarships a year. Um, So it's a very sort of concrete, practical mechanism, if you like, for enabling sanctuary seekers to come and study at the university. Jim's absolutely right there when he talks about the financial obstacles. I mean, without university action at Exeter and other universities, those obstacles are essentially insurmountable, the financial obstacles, um, because it's typically people are unable to access student finance, but also the vast, vast majority of asylum seekers and other people in the asylum system are unable to work. So it's not even as if they can work to, to cover their costs. So... 
So it's basically the university stepping in and recognizing this this general sort of legislative and policy environment that we live in and trying to help those individuals who are excellent students actually be able to get to university to be able to continue their education. It's really difficult for people because there are so many obstacles for um, accessing higher education here in the UK. Some of those are, as we talked about, financial. There are also language difficulties as well, but not necessarily. So there's an assumption that they wouldn't. So actually for them to be able to just demonstrate that, you know, that English is already excellent and that they just want to continue their education is sometimes strangely an obstacle in and of itself because we have assumptions about whether they would be able to succeed or how but the asylum seekers and our scholars come from a really diverse backgrounds they often need some form of bespoke support but that support is not the same for everybody i think that's a really interesting point about the sort of cultural differences in addition to the financial hardship in that we can support these people in ways that aren't financial and sometimes that's what they need as well because at the end of the day it's also not about providing the bare minimum in that these people are entitled to have funding to education but they're also entitled to all the facilities that every other student has and you know they're entitled to enjoy their experience while here as well yeah yeah i was, was going to agree massively with that another i think <clears throat> sort of to point out as well you know that we're this is very much a work in progress to some degree we, we became a university of sanctuary in 2019 and that that's kind of in recognition of the things that we've done to try and promote a culture of welcome to people that have sought sanctuary in the UK but that 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 was very much not a kind of we've done it now we know what we're talking about we've finished I mean in many ways that was the kind of start of things and we're as Ben said amongst the people that have come to us as sanctuary scholars and, and other students that have come to the university who have come to the UK seeking sanctuary um, you know there's a huge diversity in their experience and their background where they've been before and so you know we, we have to work it's not a one-size-fits-all thing and many of the sort of things that we want to guess put in place to support people are there's the same kind of things that many people coming to university need who may not have come from a background which prepares them straight to go to a university in the UK you know we have we have lots of students at Exeter from sort of many different backgrounds places history stories and it's kind of about trying to make sure that we can support them all right but I mean I think that the sort of sanctuary journey, if you like, is one which we're, we're still kind of uh, very much learning lessons about and not making assumptions, I think, is very, very important. Yeah. And I mean, it's unrealistic to expect to know everything off of the bat, right? And it's good to hear that this is still a curve that's growing and learning and that as a university and as a, a team, the experience is becoming more cultivated. I feel like awareness is also just so important in that you know, obviously to a, a lesser extent, but something like this where we're, we're putting a podcast out, which hopefully your everyday student will listen to and maybe sort of learn something that they didn't know before. I think that's so important because, you know, getting into university is one thing, but we're who they're going to surround themselves with. So it's very important that we also stay in the know and, and educate ourselves on these situations. Yeah, and like you said before, Tia, the financial support to come to overcome those insurmountable financial um, barriers is one aspect to enabling, I guess, access in the first place. But that isn't the end, of course, of the student's journey. You know, as you yourself know, university is a significant part of your life. 
and students may be with us for several years. So actually supporting them to really have that university experience where they continue to feel welcomed throughout that period um, that they're with us here at Exeter is, is really important and it requires us all to, to continue working at it, basically. Um, I mean, if we've seen anything over definitely over the last few years is that it's quite unpredictable in terms of you know the nature of students that are going to be applying to us the geopolitical situation is you know who would have thought we would be in this position five years ago you know five years ago we were all talking about predominantly Syrian refugees um albeit also other other locations now we're talking about Afghanistan we're talking about Ukraine and as that's going along as these geopolitical situations are developing, we as an institution need to listen and to learn from, from students coming to us, from those institutions. And we need to keep on talking about what it is that we are already doing, because if people don't know them, people won't know that these opportunities are available for them here at Exeter, or that here at Exeter, we are seeking to be you know, this inclusive global community. The principles of the University of Sanctuary are very useful in that when a university applies to be university of sanctuary they have to show what they've done in terms of taking steps and learn embed and then share and i think those two things in the context of what we're just talking about are really useful because again it's that learning bit you know i'm very involved with this now but you know i'm, I'm from the uk I, I, you know i don't know experience of being a sanctuary seeker here or coming into higher education as somebody who's come to the uk later in their life and been displaced from their own country um, and then the bit around kind of embedding it. So as you were talking about kind of raising, um, spreading awareness here, so that there is that kind of wider awareness, I guess, around the institution of the experience um, and backgrounds of different people. And I think that, that that's, you know, having those kind of principles laid out is really useful. The share bit then comes after is kind of sharing what we've learned with other people as well, which I guess we're kind of doing now. Um, but I think those principles are really useful in terms of kind of making sure that we as an institution take a kind of thoughtful approach to doing this. We've, you know, we've got some tremendously positive stories. We've also had occasions, unfortunately, where things haven't quite gone so well. I think what we're trying to develop, is, and we need to do more on this, but we, you know, we're getting better, is also looking to try and sort of put a framework of peer support in so that there's people there that can meet and talk with with people who understand a little bit more about their experience so there's that kind of peer support thing i mean there's definitely been challenges in in this but i mean this is going to sound really cheesy but some of the scholars you know they're all amazing they're all amazing people and, and uh i've really enjoyed it's you know it's one of the, it's my favorite bit of my job is meeting and working with these students you know there, there is there are challenges there but it has been a, a, a fantastic and amazing and, and a real, you know, a real privilege for me to, to get involved in. So I'm, I'm really glad that I was, you know, asked to, to get involved with this because it's, yeah, it's part of my role that I really love. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the people who are sanctuary scholars and the people who apply for, to, to come to, to university who are asylum seekers, who may also have refugee status as well, they are extremely courageous people and they have often had I guess deep down a motivation to continue their education to a higher level whether that be undergraduate level or postgraduate masters or even research level and um, they have that motivation deep down but often they're being told by people that it's not right for them. The business school who are hosting the, the global festival um, they have also themselves um, been terrific in supporting applications because people can apply to study you know 
what they want to and they should be able to apply what they they, they should be able to apply to study what they want to um and the business school have been terrific so that when you know th there's more applications from people interested in business they as a school have um, decided to cover the fees so um it's really kind of apt for for us as the, the sanctuary team to be involved with the global festival when the business school itself has been so supportive of sanctuary scholarships here at Exeter. Yeah, and I mean, it's also just of huge importance, I think, that people are made aware of these sorts of things, not even just students in your everyday person, but the people who can actually be helped by schemes like this. Um, I didn't know things like this were in place uh, before meeting with you guys, but it is very nice to hear about the dedication towards these schemes and also hopefully that everyone is aware of these so so if they need it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where um I think the so University of Sanctuary as a network is a national network. Um and by national I mean across, you know, England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. And um, there's also um, initiatives in 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 the wider island of Ireland as well, and um, you know I know that there's similar in Australia, for instance. So these sorts of it's not just something that Exeter's doing. Exeter's part of I guess a, a large community or a large family of of higher education um, institutions that are involved with this um, involved with the, the sanctuary movement and also making opportunities available. Um, another organisation that um, is vital for people to know about, particularly prospective students who want to apply to universities, is Student Action for Refugees, um, otherwise known as the STAR Network. And STAR's terrific because they provide, um, perhaps in a, in a better way than we can, um, Jim, they provide support to prospective students about you know, all of the opportunities that are available across England, Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, Scotland, um, so that students, um, prospective students, asylum seekers can go to the STAR network and they can see what's available and they can get general support. Um, I say I say they're better than us because obviously Jim and I primarily are based here in Exeter, but there are so many more other opportunities, um, growing number of opportunities, a uh, growing number of institutions uh, across the United Kingdom. So I think University of Sanctuary is, is definitely a terrific um, nationwide organisation and um, also STAR as well. Yeah, I think what we've seen recently since the Ukraine conflict is an increasing amount of questions being asked by prospective students, by sponsors within the institution, by people within the institution, basically asking, you know, what, do, what are we doing to support people who are fleeing conflict? This has been very visible to us here, isn't it? And it's been, it's been, been kind of, you know, within Europe. So it's, so it's sort of taken that dimension. But of course, you know, this, this, this issue is not a new one by any means, but the, the conflict in Ukraine has been, you know, since that time, the number of inquiries I've had from people within and out and without the institution about what we're doing to support and what you know what the what the possibilities and options are for people coming to the UK as sanctuary seekers they've just they've they've increased massively so so I think there's a there's a kind of there's a there's a moment of opportunity here in a way in terms of that extra focus it's like you know what how do we react to this and how as an institution you know what 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 things can we put in place and I know other than just the sanctuary scholarship scheme, there's been all sorts of things like looking at um, fellowships where we can support um, academics that have been displaced. So people who are already, you know, they've done their PhDs, but they're working within academia. How can we potentially support them? 
um, you know, all the different ways the university can support people other than just being students. And that's been looked at a lot over the past few months. I think it's kind of really redoubled efforts. So I think, you know, obviously, um, a, a, you know, an awful, horrible situation. There are some positives, I guess, in terms of our response coming coming out of that. And I think Jim makes a really good point there about it not just being students. Um, you know, there's there are other schemes out there which Exeter and other universities support. And um, you know, we're hearing even just this week you know, other parts of the world where academics, just like me and all of my colleagues, and professional services staff at, at universities, PhD students, etc. You know, their lives are at risk for simply studying and or for simply being academics and we as a global community of education and scholarship um, need to be there for for others um, when they are simply not able to do their jobs yeah and i think it is nice to know that there is a certain amount of accountability being held over the university and and in other institutions in general, um, in regards to this, especially in a wider context, like you said, how it affects people who aren't just students and it affects them, you know, for the rest of their lives, really. And I think that links really nicely into my final question for you guys, which is, what is it that the everyday person can do to help? Because sometimes, you know, I think it's difficult when, when you can't support someone financially, like obviously as a student, we can't pay for their tuition or whatever without being able to do that I think sometimes it can lead you to feeling a bit helpless um obviously like talking about the cultural differences that we were mentioning earlier and the general university life is there anything that the everyday person can do to make this transition a bit easier I mean I think I mean I think first of the you know the, the podcast as we spoke about earlier raising awareness I think that's a great start the other thing I'd, I'd highlight which Ben's already spoken about is is the student societies so there's star um, but as well as that you've also got um, all hands together um, I think there's also UNICEF there's there's a number of student societies which if they don't focus exclusively on issues around forced migration and asylum part of their agenda is to look at those and there's some really kind of tangible things that these groups do in terms of like local impact, like, for example, getting involved with Refugee Support Devon, who is the, you can tell what they do by their, by their title. Um, and we have students from the university who are part of the STAR group, which Ben talked about, um, involved in kind of language exchange programmes. They're going and, 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 and talking with, with service users there to try and improve their English, um, helping with fundraising stuff. So, so I think I... I think the best route in, you know, if we're, if we're talking about the student community is through the various student groups and STAR would be a very good starting point. Yeah, and um, I think you, what you were saying here about, you know, money, you know, for me, it was, it was the same sort of 10, 15 years ago, you know, no one has the money to solve these issues. It's not going to be solved through money. And of course, if people have the financial abilities to, to contribute towards enabling a student's education journey to continue then that's great but I'm not one of those people either so for me it's about giving time but I think it's also about demonstrating support and that doesn't necessarily have to be by always sort of automatically joining societies although that is a terrific thing to do 
There are, you know, organisations such as the refugee councils, they will have little badges that you can wear, that you can put onto your bag, you know, to demonstrate your awareness and also your solidarity um, with people who have been forced to flee. And speaking of solidarity, there is an organisation called Solidarity, although the the last few letters are T-E-E, and basically one of their big things is that they sell T-shirts which say Solidarity, and their T-shirts to demonstrate their solidarity with people who have been forced to flee their homes. And I think being able to wear those to just demonstrate um, in public, out and about, that, that you yourself are supportive is a really powerful message because especially in difficult political times, just getting the message out there can be hard. And I think we can all do something about getting that message out there, even if it is just, you know, buying a T-shirt that is in solidarity and that says so. And actually talking about these sorts of things, um, talking about them and meeting with people who have been through these experiences um, and actually um, learning from them is something that we can all do, whether it is through joining societies, attending events, you know, as we said, the the global festival, we're going to be joined by one of our sanctuary scholars. And that's going to be the highlight. Uh, I mean, Jim and I, am, I'm sure our, um, our bits of our talk will be cracking. But I think that the highlight is really going to be hearing from, from the students and from students about uh, their experiences. So I think just giving a little bit of time um, and also giving your voice, even if that be not not your voice as such, but what you're wearing or a badge that you're wearing and um, can really help. And it can start that conversation. You know, what's that badge for? And people can have conversations about this. Yeah, I think that phrases everything really nicely. I just wanted to say thank you again for coming and joining me on the podcast and for helping educate on some of these issues that me and other people are perhaps not so well aware of. Was there any final words you wanted to say? I guess if if people are listening to this in advance of um, the Global Festival, which is taking place on Thursday, the 13th of October, then um, do head on over and grab a ticket. Um, I believe they're free, um, but grab a ticket and come along to some of the, the events during the day at the University of Exeter Business School. And perhaps we may get to see some of you um, for, our, for our keynote at 6.30 on next thursday so once again that is the business school's global fair which is next thursday the 13th ben jim's keynote presentation is going to be at 6 30 hopefully to see lots of people there Uh, thank you both again for talking to me it's been really really educational i think um i think this is just a good topic that lots of people need to be perhaps more aware of and i do appreciate you taking time out of your day to come talk to me about it um and with that I think that is the end so hoping to see lots of people at the business fair next week I'm going to pop all of the non-profits that were mentioned in the description all the societies and a link to the keynote presentation so you can grab your free ticket but thank you both for for joining me thanks so much Tia it's been a pleasure yeah likewise thanks Tia nice to meet you